You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Money Pit is brought to you by QuickCrete, Home Advisor, and Arrow Fastener. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we are so happy to be here on this warm summer weekend to talk home improvement and remodeling and decor with you. If you've got a project that you're thinking about getting done, we'd love to help. Give us a call at 888-MONEYPIT 24-7. It doesn't really matter when you're hearing this show, whether it's weekend or weekday, we are always available at one eight 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 money pit. If we're not in the studio, we'll call you back when we are. So why not give it a shot right now? Pick up the phone, call us at one eight 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 money pit with your home improvement question because we would love to help. Coming up on today's show, there are not many downsides to summer, but the occasional severe summer storm, well, that probably could be one. We're going to have the step-by-step you need to take to make sure passing storms haven't left home repair havoc in their wake for you to deal with. And now that we're in the heat of summer, there's a lot of talk about ways to improve the energy efficiency of your air conditioning system. Well, truth is, having the most energy efficient system ever built won't matter much if you don't maintain it. We're going to tell you what you need to know to make sure your system is running at peak efficiency. And concrete landscape borders can be a decorative, functional, and affordable addition to your yard or garden. And they're actually a lot easier to build than you might think. We're going to have the steps you'll need to get that project done. Plus this hour, we've got a very fun tool to give away. It's the iconic American-made prize package, which includes the Arrow T50 electric staple gun and nailer, plus the Arrow dual temperature glue gun with staples and glue sticks. So if you want to win, you got to call in your question or post it to the community site right now at 1-888-MONEYPIT. That Arrow prize package is going out to one caller drawn at random. Make that you. The number again is 888-MONEYPIT. Bob in Texas is on the line, has a question about a roof. What's going on? Well, we've had a long drought out here in West Texas, and we finally got some rain, and lo and behold, I have a leak. And uh, I remember tuning in to your show some time ago where you guys mentioned a product that was clear, that could be applied with a paintbrush, that would penetrate through the roof and then seal it. And I could not or i did i couldn't remember the name of the product and i've been trying to find it here in lubbock texas and having no luck at all and i i thought well i just need to call you guys and see if you can remember that and tell me what it is well bob that's going to be a bit of a mystery to me because it doesn't sound like um the kind of thing that we would recommend for roof leaks but let me just ask you more about this leak do you know uh where it's it's occurring do you know if it's coming through say a cracked shingle or is it coming around a chimney is it coming around a pipe what do you know about it where the slope of my roof 
joins my patio, and the patio roof is flat. So okay. I'm thinking probably what's happening is it's backing into the den, past the wall. But right, yeah. That's a tough spot to flash. And um, it's also a tough spot to do a, a you know, a, sort of an easy patch repair to it. You know, all these types of roof products that you apply after the fact, uh, they're usually asphalt roof cement, and they'll work for a while, but they tend to dry up pretty quickly. When you have an intersection like that where you have a pitched roof that comes into a low slope or a flat roof, you're right. The water can back up there. And due to the force of uh, kind of against gravity and due to that force can actually sort of work its way up into the roof surface. The right way to flash that, and you're not going to want to hear this, but the right way to flash that is to have um, the, un- the, the the flat roof basically go right, right up and under the roof shingles. So the flat roof material would, would go to that intersection, then up and under the roof shingles, and probably up maybe three feet under them, and then the roof shingles would continue over that, creating a, a big overlap there where it would be virtually impossible for any water to back into it. And I would start that project with a product called Ice and Water Shield, which is sort of a, uh, a tacky three-foot-wide roll-on sheet that literally glues itself to the deck surface and will stop all water from from getting through. So that's the best way to do a permanent repair to that. Short of that, you know, it's okay for you to to use an asphalt cement product to try to patch it, but I'm just concerned that it's something you may have to do time and time again. And if it does develop that way, then maybe you could choose to make the bigger repair later. And you say that that is ice and water shield? Yes, ice and water shield. Yep, that's the right that's the right first step for that. And that goes underneath the roof shingles. Nice thing about that, too, is if you ever have roof shingles that blow off, your roof still won't leak because it remains watertight. Well, I certainly appreciate your help with that. All right, Bob. Well, thanks so much for calling. Renee, you've got the money pit. How can we help you today? My question is concerning my sump pump. Obviously, a sump pump in the basement. And for a long time, for several months, I had not heard the sump pump going off. A few weeks, a few months ago, when it was raining very hard, I went down to the basement to see why the sump pump wasn't kicking on, and it was the the well was filled with water. So I went ahead and I, you know, drained the water out by, you know, bucketing, taking buckets of just pouring buckets of water out. So I got down to see where the ball, um, the ball was, and uh, it still wouldn't come on. So I, I. I tapped the ball, and eventually, when the water rose, it did kick on again. But now I'm hearing this gurgling sound in my kitchen sink piping, and I want to know why. Where where is the sump pump discharging? Is it discharging into this basement sink? The sump pump discharges. It's connected to the outside sewer line, and that's I guess that sewer, uh, the line... um, is connected to the, to the basement, uh, the kitchen sink. Okay, so f- so first of all, it has to go through a trap. If it doesn't go through a trap, you may get sewage gas that comes back into the basement. So that's the first thing. Um, secondly, the gurgling might just because it doesn't have enough uh, water in the sump itself. You're probably pulling a lot of air in there. And thirdly, because your sump pump was filling up when you had heavy rain, the source of that water is easily within your ability to repair and stop. Generally, when your sump pump fills up after heavy rain, it's because your gutters are clogged or overflowing or your downspouts are not discharging away from the foundation or the soil around the house is not slipping away from the outside walls. That's what causes 
problems with uh, water filling up in basements and, fl- and floods in, in a sort because that outside surface drainage is just not set up right. So I would focus on re- improving your exterior drainage. There's a great article on moneypit.com about how to solve wet basements. A lot of that advice applies to this. Uh, and then you'll find that the sump pump will have to run that much less. Okay. That's great news. Renee, thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Now we're heading over to Tennessee where Daniel is dealing with carpenter bees and, of course, those lovely, perfectly round board holes that they love to make all over your wood house. What's going on? Oh, well, I've got these carpenter bees that keep, like, drilling holes into my facial board right there underneath my roof. And I filled them in and I've repainted and they keep coming back. I don't know if there's maybe something I can do to prevent that or something I can use to paint it with. Yeah, a couple of things you can do. First of all, in, in terms of stopping the bees from coming back, you would have to have the carpenter bees professionally treated with a proper insecticide that will uh, basically exterminate what's there. Now, even if you did do that, though, they may come back the next season. The surefire way to make sure they don't come back is to replace your wood trim with something that's not wood. I had this exact problem on a garage on our property, and I simply replaced the wood trim with Azek, A-Z-E-K. And there are other brands of well, but as well, but basically it's uh, a cellular PVC material that looks like wood, cuts like wood, but the carpenter bees can't eat it. In fact, it was very humorous to me because after I replaced the fascia with Azek, the bees kept circling it, but they couldn't figure out why it didn't taste like wood. <laughs> They're like, this looks like wood. I don't understand. Yeah, that, that would actually be absolutely worth doing just to see them circle and... <laughs> <laughs> In frustration, yeah. All right, hope that helps you out. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. 888 Money Pit is presented by Home Advisor, the fast and easy way to find the right pro for any kind of home project, whether it's a small repair or a major remodel. And just ahead, hurricanes, tornadoes, floods, Mother Nature works overtime during the summer. But after they've passed, How do you know if your home has been damaged? We're going to tell you how to give your house a thorough post-storm checkup after this. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get sucked with allergens too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. The Money Pit is presented by Home Advisor. Find trusted home improvement pros for any project at homeadvisor.com. 
Where home solutions live, this is the Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now with your home repair or decor question at 1-888-MONEY-PIT, presented by Home Advisor. And if you do, we've also got a set of handy tools going out to one listener drawn at random. We're giving away a Arrow prize package consisting of the Arrow T50 electric staple gun and nailer, plus the Arrow dual temperature glue gun, along with a supply of staples and glue sticks. The package is worth 95 bucks, going out to one caller that reaches us with their question at one eight 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 money pit And these are two tools that are super useful for a lot of things around the house. But there's some really fun projects that you can build, and all the step-by-step is on arrowfastener.com. And this month, they are featuring the DIY Patriotic Flag. It's a great project for the entire family. You can get all of those instructions, including the materials list and photos and all those details at arrowfastener.com. Just click on Projects. Two great tools from a company that's been making products in America for almost 90 years, going out to one listener. The number again, one eight 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 money pit Tony in North Carolina is on the line with a water heating question. What can we do for you today? My wife and I are in the process. Of, we, I guess we're trying to gather as much information as we can um, about to build our another another home in the next few months. And, um, and we very much are interested in some of the energy stars features that we uh, have been seeing. Uh, just wondering if it is it feasible for us, there's only four of us in the home, to uh, install the tankless water heater, or will we be wasting money there? The tankless water heater is an excellent option for a family of four or even more. You buy the tankless water heater based on the number of bathrooms in the house, and the advantage is that you're only using it to heat the water as you need it. A tank water heater keeps all of that water hot 24-7. Whether you're using it or not, a tankless water heater fires on demand and heats water as it passes across its its heat exchanger, essentially. So I do think that a tankless water heater is a good technology for you to consider. And how perfect that you're building a home now and can plan it. One of the most common complaints we get that you might want to consider, Tony, is people complain that it takes too long for their water to get hot in the morning. So the reason that happens is because the water heater is very far away from the bathroom. That is a condition that would continue even with a tankless, but the advantage is that since the tankless water heaters are very small and can also be direct vented through the exterior siding, that you could actually have the water heater more centrally located to the bathrooms so that when you do turn the water on in the morning, you're not waiting very long for that water to actually get there. Okay. Uh, Thank you so much for it. Tony, good luck with that project. Keep us posted. Let us know how you make out. Pat in Louisiana is on the line and needs some help with a cleaning project. What can we do for you? We had our carpet cleaned about a year ago. And in this bedroom, we have a heavy, clear plastic mat that goes underneath a computer chair. Okay. Well, recently, I moved it over a bit, and I noticed that it was wet underneath it. There's no leak in the roof. Water hasn't come in the house. So the only thing that can be is a year ago... The water from the carpet cleaning surface got underneath this mat, and it's been there all this time. Hmm. Okay. So we cut out a large circle, like a five-foot circle, and got all the part out that was wet. So we're going to have to replace the carpet and the pad. But on the concrete, the bare concrete, there are some spots uh, of discoloration. So I don't know if that's mold or mildew. My question is, 
How do I clean that concrete before we have the new carpet installed? The concrete spots, if, if anything, are mineral salt deposits. It's not mold. Okay. And so it's it's really cosmetic at this point. If you, you can wash it down with a vinegar and water solution, it'll melt the mineral salt deposits away. But the other thing that, that occurs to me is sometimes concrete will draw moisture into a house. And so if anywhere near that area outside, you've got water that's ponding or, or collecting, it's possible for the, the concrete to sort of draw that moisture up into the slab and across, and it may not have been able to evaporate where the pad was covering the concrete, which is why that area stayed damp, whereas the other area dried out. So there may be a different explanation as to why that stayed wet. One of the things that you might want to do since you have the carpet pulled all the way back is to paint the concrete. Uh, paint that area with an epoxy paint that will seal in that concrete and stop some of the evaporation if the moisture is being drawn through it and up into the floor surface. So should I, we paint the whole room? We don't have all of the carpet up yet. We just cut up cut out the middle part. Well, if you're going to take all the carpet up, then paint the whole floor. Um, if you're only going to take part of it up, then just paint what you can get to. But I would definitely paint the floor. Okay. That'll do it. Pat, thanks so much for calling us at 888 Pit. Well, it doesn't matter what part of the country you live in, your home is probably going to get clobbered by a serious storm at some point during its lifetime. So you need to be prepared. You need to inspect your home and check for damage. And here's some advice on how you do that. Yeah, it's going to be easy to spot things like broken windows, but some easy-to-miss things could add up to really big trouble down the road. So you want to look for bulging walls or doors that won't close or new cracks that are forming on interior walls. That could mean your foundation flooded and you're going to need to call in a pro to get a sense as to how far the damage has gone. Now, you should also take note if any electrical appliances got wet or if water has breached your heating system. Both are reasons to call in a pro for repair. Lastly, grab a pair of binoculars and check out all sides of your home from the ground up. You want to look for wind damage like loose siding and trim uh, and soffit panels that are pulled off. It's a lot easier to do this from the ground up with binoculars than up on a ladder. So a nice, careful way to figure out what's wrong. Make sure you document it all submit it to your insurance company, or hire a public adjuster to represent you to the insurance company. Public adjusters work for you. They get a percentage of the claim. It's usually well worth the expense to have somebody that really knows the insurance business can make sure you get every dime that you're entitled to if a storm passes through. Allison Maryland's on the line with an electrical question. What's going on at your money pit? We are trying to determine whether it would be worthwhile to replace our service. Our house was built in 1976. We currently have 150-amp service underground. An electrician recommended that we upgrade to 200-amp service, and it's a pretty big expense, so we're wondering if that's worthwhile. Are you doing any sort of renovation that requires more power? Are you adding in central air, upgrading appliances? Is there a change happening that requires the power? We've done a lot of upgrading here in the past, and this is just something that recently was um, recommended to us when we had just a ceiling fan installed by the electrician. I have to say, Alice, that I think what your electrician is recommending you do is is fund perhaps his next vacation or college tuition payment, because (laughs) I don't think... Um, going from 150 to 200 makes much difference. You have a, is this a gas uh, fired house? You have natural gas? We have no gas in the area. So this is all electric? Yes. How are you heating your house? Is it a heat pump? We have a heat pump, yes. And you have one zone or two? How many heat pumps do you have? One zone. I got to tell you, I mean, I think you probably have enough, unless you can prove to to me that he's. 
Yeah, unless you can prove to me that, that you're really using more than 150 amps, I seriously doubt you need 200. That's a lot of power, even for an all-electric house. Interesting. I mean, we had to upgrade to a 200 amperage service because we put in central air conditioning. And we were only on yeah. 100. And that was that. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and even 100, I mean, I've, I was an inspector for 20 years. I used to put a tool called an amp probe on those main cables uh, when everything was running in the house. I mean, we're talking about electric ovens, refrigerators, freezers, air conditioners. And, you know, it would be like a 150-amp service pulling like, you know, 50, 60 amps with everything on. So, you know, you, you, you'd be surprised how much you can pull through that. Okay. I think you ought to get a second opinion. We were skeptical, so thought it was Didn't a- feel right. Definitely wanted to check into it before making that yeah. major expense. Yep, it's, yep, exactly. Well, thanks for calling. I'm glad we helped you out. Thank you. You're a great resource. I really appreciate it. Well, now that we are in the heat of summer, there's a lot of talk about ways that you can improve the energy efficiency of your air conditioning system. But the truth is, having the most energy efficient system ever built won't matter much if you don't take care of it. We're going to tell you what you need to know next. Hey, 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 Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T. Money Pit. Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Well, now that we are in the heat of summer, there's a lot of talk about ways to improve the energy efficiency of your air conditioning system. Now, truth is, having the most energy efficient system ever built won't matter much if you don't take care of it. That's right. Expert Dan DeClerico from Home Advisor joins us now with tips to do just that. Welcome, Dan. Hey, it's good to be here, guys. You know, I think a lot of folks focus on buying new, more efficient AC systems, but the truth is a lot can be gained just from taking care of the one you have, right? Yeah, this is this is the engine of the home. I think with energy costs, we tend to focus on 
um, heating fuel, but in fact, keeping the average home cool, it's, it's about 15% of the total energy cost, and it certainly can be a lot higher, you know, in, in warmer regions or if it's a particularly hot summer. So maintaining that central AC system, or even if it's just room and air conditioners, window units, is, is very important. Now, do you think the maintenance are things that you can take care of yourself, or do you have to bring in a pro, or, or is there a split? Some you do on your own, and some you've got to bring the pro in for. Yeah, this is a this is a good kind of split approach here. It is a great idea if you have a central AC system to have a professional tune-up, you know, once a year. Um, you know, I always say spend 200 bucks to save five or even 10000 I mean, that's what, a, that's what a new central system is going gonna, is gonna to cost you. So bring in that professional once a year, but then throughout the season, there are a lot of things that you, the homeowner, can be doing to, uh, you know, improve the efficiency, uh, improve the indoor air quality, um, you know, as a result. So uh, you gotta, you got to pay attention for sure. All right, let's start by talking about the outside unit because I think that's what people love to ignore. They don't understand exactly what role it plays, but that outside condenser is what really cools the refrigerant. So we need to keep that clear of debris because if you clog the size of it, if you've got structures, I've seen fences built around them. I've seen, uh, you know, leaves piled up against them, bushes too close. If you do that sort of thing, it can't work well. It works. It may still cool your house, but it's working twice as hard, and it's also spitting an electric meter a lot more frequently. Exactly, yeah. So, you know, once a month, go out there, clear any leaves or debris from around that condenser unit. I mean, that single step is going gonna, is gonna to really improve the overall efficiency of the unit. Now, filters, I think a lot of times people forget that a lot of the machinery in their homes have a filter built into them, and sometimes they need to be replaced or need to be maintained. How often, what types, does it vary between a central air system and a window unit? What should you be doing to maintain this quality of airflow? Yeah, this is so important. I can't tell you how many homeowners, you know, often first-time homeowners don't even realize there there are filters in there. So, yeah, it's so important. And, you know, again, it goes back to maintaining that sort of optimal efficiency, but also the indoor air quality, you know, by replacing or cleaning those filters uh, throughout the, the cooling season, you're going to do both things there. So, you know, we, we do say, um, you know, at least once or a couple of times throughout the cooling season, you need to either replace or, or oftentimes it can be the, the filter itself can be cleaned. But this is a really important step to, to maintaining optimal efficiency. We're talking to Dan DeClerico, the expert with Home Advisor, about tips to cut your cooling expenses. Now, aside from the maintenance of the equipment, there are things that you could do to kind of reduce solar gain, reduce that heat from actually getting into your house during those dog days of summer. Give us some tips in that space. Yeah, so this, you know, goes from very simple to more, you know, more complex. But, you know, during very hot summer days, just closing the curtains uh, on windows, especially those that are receiving direct sunlight. I mean, this, this one step alone can reduce heat gains by as much as 30%, according to the Energy Department. Um, so that's a really simple thing you can do to cut your cooling costs. And what's old is new again. Window awnings are making a comeback now. And not only do they look great, they also help in reducing that sun that's getting in to the house because that sun is so high in the summer. And so if those window awnings are in place, that's going to block a lot of that heat gain as well. Yeah, we've seen a real uptick in, in this in this project request. Uh, you know, you're going to spend some money, a couple thousand dollars to, to install awnings, but, uh, but you're absolutely right. It, it can improve the appearance of the home. 
Uh, it's going to reduce that solar heat gain. Uh, depending on where they're located, uh, they, they may be providing shade, you know, if it's over a deck or some sort of outdoor space. So awnings, yeah, are absolutely, they're, they're making a comeback for sure. I feel like you can achieve a similar effect for the house by keeping things cool with adding landscaping. I mean, you add the right tree to the right side and you've got the same effect, right? Absolutely, yeah. That deciduous shade tree, if it's on the south or west side of the house, uh, it's going to provide the same effect as an awning. Uh, It's going to, again, improve the overall look and aesthetic of the home while improving its energy efficiency. And finally, Dan, let's talk about some new technology in roofing. Right now, we have opportunities to install a cool roof which can lower the roof temperatures. And, of course, if the roof stays cooler, then the entire house is cooler as a result. What exactly is a cool roof, and how does it compare against perhaps the asphalt shingles that we're all used to? This is something that's definitely trending more and more, you know, especially if you're in renovation mode, if you're, you know, replacing the roof um, already. Going to some kind of a, maybe a highly ref- reflective paint, um, a tile or a shingle, just that lighter color, you know, could improve the, the lower the roof temps by up to 50 degrees, and that's going to save energy, money through throughout the year, but especially during, the, you know, the hot summer months where you're relying on the air conditioning more and more. Great tips to help us cut cooling costs in summer. Dan DeClerico with HomeAdvisor.com. Thanks so much for stopping by the Money Pit. Thank you, guys. Great to be here. And if you need to find a contractor to help you with home improvement projects, really any home project, check out HomeAdvisor.com. They really have the best home pros available. All right, Dan DeClerico, thanks so much for stopping by the Money Pit. Well, concrete landscape borders can be a decorative, functional, and affordable addition to your yard or garden, and they're actually a lot easier than you might think to build yourself. We're going to have the steps to build this project next. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. The Money Pit is presented by HomeAdvisor. Find trusted home improvement pros for any project at HomeAdvisor.com. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we're proud to let you know that we just wrapped up a brand new video with the team at Yale Locks. And it's all about how to align your door to make sure your smart lock works perfectly. You know, folks have been enjoying smart locks for a while now, and they are really fantastic. The technology that enables you to open your lock with just a keypad or with just your phone. But what has been happening is that the doors that the smart locks are installed to can be out of alignment. And as a result, the locks may seem to rub. They, the battery life might be short. And that was the subject of the new video that we completed for Yale called DIY Door Alignment for Smart Locks, featuring the beautiful and talented Leslie Segretti, who pulled a trick of the trade right out of her pocketbook. Oh, thank you, sir. To show us how to adjust that door using lipstick. That was a great (laughs) trick. Let's talk about that one. I wouldn't recommend going into your lady's handbag and stealing her favorite lipstick. You know, talk about it first before you pick it out of her bag. 
but definitely a lipstick is a great way to figure out where the door is sticking. So you take your lipstick and you rub it on the deadbolt and then close the door and open and close the deadbolt a couple of times. And then you can see where it's hitting and what's misaligned. And I think the simplicity of fixing the alignment, I mean, truly is easy to do yourself once you know where things are sort of jamming up. And it's really hindering people from enjoying this amazing technology that Yale Lock has to offer. So with a couple of simple steps and some detective work at home, you can have these amazing locks from Yale work correctly and the door function correctly. And you'll be so happy you did. And the adjustments to the door are actually a lot easier than you think. There's only a couple of ways doors fall out of alignment and figuring out what exactly you need to do is pretty straightforward. We walk you through it step by step in the brand new video called DIY Door Alignment for Smart Locks. And that is on the Yale Home YouTube channel. It's at youtube.com slash Yale Real Living. That's youtube.com slash Yale Real Living. Check it out. The DIY door alignment for smart lock video at the Yale YouTube page. Pat in Nebraska is on the line with a dishwasher that has decided to take the day off. <laughs> What's going on? Hi. Uh, yes, our dishwasher is on the blink, literally. Uh, it doesn't seem to work anymore. And as I look at it, uh, on the menu screen across the top, it's blinking, but doesn't work when I hit the start button or cancel or open the door or shut it. Um, can't get it to work anymore. How old is the dishwasher, Pat? I'd say about five years old. Mm, that's a shame. That old. Yes. We've yeah. gone through four of them since we've owned this house in about 20 wow. years. Wow. Really amazed. Uh, my husband yeah. shut and I'm sure the a little annoyed too. and turned it back on, and it still doesn't seem to work. So we open and shut the door, everything. So so we think it's, it's – I went online, and there's something about some kind of a board that can like – a, like a motherboard or something. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I was thinking. It's, it's a failure of the control circuit, and there's a lot of electronic products in these newer uh, appliances. And the question, of course, is, you know, repair or replace. And at five years old, you're kind of right at that sort of balance point. You might be able to repair it. And the question is, is it going to be worth a couple hundred bucks to you to do that, or would you rather take the 200 bucks and put it towards an, a new unit? That's what we weren't sure, so that's why we thought we'd give you a call. I think if it was me, I'd probably not repair it, only because what do you hope to get out of that? You know, eight years, nine years? Having somebody come out to your house and fix anything these days is a couple hundred bucks minimum. So it would end up being, you know, a third of the cost of a new unit. I mean, you can find a decent dishwasher for five or 600 bucks, and you could find a basic one for even less. Well, how much do you think the part would cost? We don't know that that's the part. You know, you have to have a service person diagnose it. But if you just wanted to satisfy your curiosity, there's lots of uh, websites online that sell appliance parts, and I'm sure you could find it. But, you know, the issue is that it's a call to the serviceman to come out and diagnose it, and that costs some money, and then a call, and then he has to come back after the part comes in. It's not the kind of thing where they can uh, keep these parts on the truck anymore, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. So, well, we were wanting your expert opinion. We kind of were leaning that way anyway. You know, I tell you what, if it was older, it would be a lot easier decision. I do agree that it's still, you know, middle-aged, but I, I still don't think it's probably worth you putting the money into it. Yes. All right. Well, I guess we'll go shopping for a, a new dishwasher. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, concrete landscape borders can be a decorative, functional, and affordable addition to your yard or garden, and they're actually a lot easier than you may think to build yourself. 
Now, Quickrete makes a fiber-reinforced, crack-resistant concrete that's perfect for this job, and you can even personalize your project by mixing in one of five Quickrete liquid cement colors, and it comes in red, brown, buff, charcoal, and terracotta. Now, here's how you get this project done. The first thing you do is lay it out, and a little trick of the tray for that is to use a garden hose or rope because you can actually curve it to exactly where you want it to be. And then you want to dig out that border to a width of about 8 inches and a depth of about 4 inches, and make sure you tamp down the soil to create a base for the concrete border. You want to stake the border with some 1 by 1 by 12 inch wood stakes. You'll need one about every 18 inches, and then you can actually attach curved forms using quarter inch flexible hardwood or plywood, and have them follow that board that you've just laid out. Now, when you're ready to pour the concrete, you want to mix it to sort of a firm but workable consistency, pour it into the form, and then use a trowel to spread it, consolidate the mix. And once all of the water has sort of disappeared, you can smooth the surface with a wood float. Now, once the concrete has cured, you want to apply an acrylic sealer to the surface, let it cure for about three to five days, and then you can remove the forms and you're good to go. Just backfill against the border and you are all set. If you want more details on that project, including some videos, check out quickcrete.com. And while you're there, be sure to check out Quickrete's very popular fast-setting concrete mix in the red bag, a product I'm using this week when I replace the fence at my house. It works very well because you can put it into the hole dry, set your post, and pour a little water, and you are good to go in, like, what, less than an hour. It sets really quickly, and it's a really, it's a 20 minutes. It really does a super job keeping those posts in place. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. Give us a call at 888-MONEY-PIT, presented by Home Advisor. Need new flooring in your kitchen or maybe your bathroom? Well, Home Advisor will instantly match you with the right pro for the job for free. You can also post your question to the Money Pit's community page at moneypit.com or our Facebook page at facebook.com slash themoneypit. We'll be back with more of your questions and our answers next. You live in a Money Pit. Home Solutions Live, this is The Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And whether you're buying, selling, or just enjoying your home, we're here for you every step of the way. Calling your home improvement or decor question now to 888 Money Pit, presented by Home Advisor, the fast and easy way to find the right pro for any kind of home project, whether it's a small repair or a major remodel. You can also post your questions online, just like Jerry Mac did. So Jerry Mac writes, what are these deck painting companies used to redo wood decks? They claim it will stain and protect the wood deck to the apocalypse. Can I get this product and just do it myself? What is it? Paint that will last until the apocalypse? Now, that yeah. I've got to see. <laughs> I mean, unless they expect the apocalypse in three to five years, and then again in yeah. another three to five years. <laughs> yeah, or, or even shorter. I, I think what he's referring to right. is a category of products that are that are known technically as, quote, high build products or high build elastomeric coatings. And high build is basically tech talk for thick paint. And the elastomeric is a type of product that will expand and contract with the substrate, which in this case is your wood deck. Now, they've been around for a long time, and uh, about 20 years ago, we began hearing about companies who would make similar claims 
for a product called liquid vinyl siding that I believe was a subject of much Federal Trade Commission uh, investigation. But uh, today we don't hear too much about that product, but I do think there are some good quality high-built products out that are made by name-brand manufacturers like Sherwin-Williams has a product called Superdeck. And Rustoleum has a deck and concrete restore product that's called 10X. And these products can fill gaps as big as about a quarter inch. When your deck is cracked or checked and you want to fill in some of those gaps and have a product that's going to stick around for a while, I think it's definitely worth giving a shot. And you can do it yourself. You don't need the painting company, Jerry. Yeah, and Jerry, if you want to be like extra short, just pick up a gallon and try a small section of the deck, maybe the stairs, maybe a corner that nobody sees, and then make sure you like the coverage, make sure you like the color, and if you do, go from there. Well, would you like to make sure your backyard gathering turns into a very memorable event? If so, consider adding torches. Leslie has tips on how to do this safely in today's edition of Leslie's Last Word. Leslie? Yeah, you know, I feel like anytime you add an open flame or even a fairy light to a backyard space, you get instant ambiance. I mean, a friend of mine, Laura, even jokes that anytime she sees fairy lights at a restaurant, like anywhere in Brooklyn or in the city, even if the restaurant looks terrible, if she sees fairy lights and candles in an outdoor space, she's like, that is the place we have to go. So it's... <laughs> It's amazing to think how simple additions can make a space totally transformative. Now, if it comes to a torch that you're going to add to the space, go with a citronella one. They're widely available, and it's the easiest way that you can add this ambiance and pizzazz to the yard, but also keep those bugs away, because as we get deeper into the summer... There's going to be more and more bugs, and I find that we're all going to get bitten up more. So citronella is a great way to keep them away. But anytime you've got an open flame, you need to practice fire safety. So it's also a good idea to search saferproducts.gov to make sure that the torch you're using is considered safe. It hasn't been recalled. Always keep a fire extinguisher or a bucket of water or something nearby not right in front of everybody, but just nearby, just in case the event something happens. You know, especially when you've got kids in an outdoor space where you have an open flame, you really have to exercise some smart judgment there to keep everybody safe and happy. Now, if you're looking for some added safety but still getting that effect, you know, there are battery and even solar-powered torches, and some of these will even turn on automatically at dusk. They'll flicker like a real flame, and then it's possible to light up the night without throwing caution to the wind. It's important to stay safe, have a beautiful summer, and enjoy that outdoor space. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show coming up next time on the program. If you've ever had a big storm hit your house, you know that a home which is generally safe, sound, and secure and dry can quickly turn into a leaking mess. We're going to have tips on how to find and fix those little leaks before they cause big damage on the next edition of the Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. You live in a body pit.